Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM 95.9. Welcome back. It's 24 minutes past eight. This is My Money and Me and I'm Sumitra Naidu. What an interesting conversation with Frank just a short while ago. Just to recap, if you'd like to know, if you want to calculate your net worth, you basically need to uh, calculate pull all your assets together, add that up, and then pull all your debt together, add that up, and minus your debt from your assets. Um, Very interesting. It's always important to know, even if you have a negative net worth, at least you know what to do going forward in order to change that around. We move along now, and we are in our Woman on the Move segment, and our guest this evening is Tholiswa Daku, founder and CEO of the Daku Group. Tholiswa, of course, um, runs uh, this property development company it also has investments acquisitions law facilities um, and her vision really is to ensure people have state-of-the-art spaces to live work and play a very good evening to you Tholiswa. thanks so much for your time this evening good evening Sumitra, and to the listeners thank you for having me this is uh, quite a range of things that you do, but you are mostly into <laughs> property development, which isn't mm. as easy as we think it is. Uh, yes, indeed. But if I can summarize everything that you've mentioned mm. from your law, which is it has to do with property law, to facilities management, and as well as also acquisition, is just part of the property development cycle that I had to get involved in. But we tend to separate that because at times you have to deal with the property at the end or in the beginning. Okay. What do, so tell me, what does that entail? I would think that having all of this knowledge would help you um, in the property uh, development space. Tell me what goes on there. What is it that you are doing? No, 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 definitely it, it, it does help. And I think uh, having a legal background actually became an advantage uh, with regards to the property development space. Property development is it's really an economic activity whereby you're more focusing on uh, a need and just supplying that um, that need or demand. And I think you've, you've summarized it very well by saying that we're focusing on spaces for people to live, which is basically your residential development uh, work where you're looking at your accommodation and as well as also your offices and playing where you're looking at retail or recreational facilities uh, for for people. So that's our business and that's what we do. We start from acquiring the land. uh, We package it uh, for um, investment. And once we've got it bankable, uh, we then invest on it and the building is developed which is then um, leased or sold to consumers and managed uh, at the same time uh, on a continuous basis uh, with maintenance within that. And that's how I can summarize uh, property development. So from designing uh, up to construction and as well as also management. I mean, you summarize it really well and it sounds really (laughs) easy, but um, I know it's tough. I know it's tough. Tell me about... Land acquisition, firstly. Yes, yeah. 
Well, I think um, over the years, because I mean, we've been in this space now for probably close to 20 years, mm-hmm. starting uh, at, at, at agreement level, which is basically your uh, contractual agreements in the sector, um, to the acquisition side. The main issue with regards to acquisition strategies have got to be developed um, as uh, emerging markets in the sector, especially being women. Uh, I think in my case, I had to look at a strategic way of acquiring these properties because um, definitely if you're not going to have a huge balance sheet, you've got to look at opportunities in the market. And I think I entered the so-called public-private partnerships uh, Mm -hmm. space where we really targeted um, your um, state-owned assets and as well as also your municipalities where there's there's a huge demand uh, for revitalization and and economic uh, development. And mostly it circulates around your infrastructure uh, upgrading and as well as also uh, revitalization of um, underutilized assets. So we targeted that. And obviously to acquire that land, you have to go through your public management, um, your PFMA, uh, processes mm-hmm. or MFMA, which is your Municipal Finance Management Act. So there's a tendering process upon that. There should be council resolutions or board resolutions. And in most instances, the acquisition process um, tends to be quite long. And it's based on the changes that happens on the leadership within that specific uh, uh, municipality or agency. So it uh, can then to become a, a, a bit of a challenge, even though you're getting a cost-effective product, because when you take it from government, you can list it on a long-term basis. Mm. Whereas if you go to market, you just buy it from an agent, and uh, quickly you get to own uh, the asset. But uh, you sweat before you get to the final product, uh, which ends up being zero-rated, because that's what we look for as property developers. You have to zero-rate your land so that you can be able to be profitable. How long does this whole process take? Because, I mean, you know, as you said, I mean, if you go private, you just buy it from the agent. But if you're going the government yeah. route, there's regulatory hurdles, there's uh, bureaucratic yes. hurdles. I mean, how yes. long does that whole process take before you actually starting, uh, you know, start putting bricks on the ground? Look, in, in most instances, because it's a special development framework from the municipality or it's an integrated framework from a state-owned agency. And with the turmoil or volatile situations that we have within the country, whether it's from an economic perspective or political perspective, it tends to have an impact on the decisions that have to be made by the Mm. municipality. And it it impacts on the product because it becomes the less uh, prioritized because it doesn't have an upfront monetary value. Uh, what it has is an investor who is prepared to consolidate the piece of land and develop it, uh, putting finances. So it tends to be long, and then it takes about five to six years uh, to get to that stage because it, they don't prioritize it uh, because they don't see a cash injection immediately mm. in most instances because you're taking it on a long-term lease. And that is the challenge that we need to get to, to the other side to, to, for them to understand that. If we want to build South Africa, there should be a different thinking or an entrepreneurial focus with regards to asset uh, development. And I see, I, and I see the new strategy on infrastructure development, and with the presidency having a unit uh, that is merely focused on it, might change the the dimensions with regards to this. But it's still uh, slow steps. And also the other thing that we have to be faced with 
uh, the lack of understanding of the property development cycle within those different uh, uh, institutions. So you've got to educate them about a product that they need to revitalize. Mm. So it's been a long process uh, for us, but we appreciate the fact that we found good partners along the way as well, who are very much passionate about developing their own towns and we've got some successful success to share uh, along the way, even though we've had some challenges as well. I know, I mean, one of the, from, from what I'm hearing, one of the major challenges is the time factor. It takes so long and, you know, um, you, you, I mean, how do you actually manage the risks? Because buying a massive piece of land to do a development mm. also costs a lot of money. Yes. So there's finances involved. I mean, how do you actually manage those kind of risks? I think we've got what we call in the business annuity income. So mm. uh, annuity income would be mainly, even though we're a property development uh, entity, would put aside a certain uh, portion of our services to be targeting annuity income, which is mainly focused on consulting, whereby we then draw up a, 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 an investment that is targeted towards working with that cycle. So let's say if we've managed to accumulate about 100 million on project management, then we reinvest that into the property development space, but mm-hmm. incrementally, which means in terms of the cycle. So because within that five years, the feasibility process that tends to go on, even though the municipality is going through its tides and uh, a financial injection is required because they need you to prove to them that you'll be able to develop the site and also you've got the financial muscle to develop it. So that's the risk that we have to take, which is the upfront uh, feasibility investment whilst getting the land at a nominal rate, which is what we call a discounted rate. I mean, infrastructure development is so important. Housing development is so important. But when you wait um, so long and, you know, even if your development goes, if there's some hiccup, you know, along the way, um, each delay can cost you. I mean, we're looking at big things like, you know, for instance, if I can think of something that just comes to the top of my mind, um, you know, uh, Kusile, the power plants. I mean, you know, we had a projection for it in year mm. one and 10 years later yeah. it's not ready and it costs like two or three times the price i mean you've yeah, you know all true. your materials cost inflation yeah. interest rates go up all of this can impact you it's definitely i mean you, you spot on biggest uh, cost definitely goes towards your uh, material because remember as the market changes also the material cost uh, do change so therefore, we've got to be always challenged with regards to the changing cost with regards to the financial feasibilities that we do, because as we move along, the cost changes. So as you are saying, for instance, a simple example, we're looking at the bigger projects now. When I was involved with the one and only hotel, uh, for some reason, we wanted to add two floors and the, and, and the municipality, I don't want to go into naming them, mm. took some time to approve uh, the, the, the zoning around that. And at the end of the day, the project doubled from a mere 600 million to 1 billion and 50. So you can't 100% write that the cost of development do escalate. They're quite uh, expensive and hence it requires a certain tenacity within it and, and shaping from an entrepreneurial point of view. Hence, I was saying to you that 
we then have to look at a mix of products because mm. we operate mainly in the mixed use uh, development space. So whereby we would then be able to look at three different products that we have to develop on that side. And one of them needs to recover some of the costs that we've lost, which means that it has to have some rebates and incentives to it. For instance, if we are looking at a mixed use development uh, where we're looking at the middle income, we'll accommodate your gap market where we'll then get some rebates uh, from um, uh, from your um, the likes of your SHA, uh, where they would come in and support your initiative uh, at, at, at an incentive level because you are taking the gap market, people that cannot be accommodated by banks, and therefore they tend to be supported with regards to infrastructure. Then you are able to to manage your profitability in that process. Otherwise, without that, then the project is going to, to fail. We've seen that before. Uh, it's, we've experienced it where you actually wait for a decision to be made. Uh, the board changes, there are changes with regards to the CEO being fired, and the projects lose momentum and you lose them uh, along the way. So um, it's not something that we're, we're not familiar with. We've, we've had to learn from those mistakes in the past and come up with strategies that are going to be able to make sure that we also have a higher pipeline. For instance, our pipeline is close to $10 billion because we have to make sure that we've got a couple of projects so that if the others are very slow, there are projects that are carrying on uh, along the way. Otherwise, you can't survive. I am, um, you know, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I, there's just so many things that you need to juggle. I mean, how do you actually... Yes manage all of this because there's so many different segments that need to come together in order to make one development Mm. uh, a reality Mm. um i mean managing that i'm wondering when you sleep i do actually i very much i'm a two-pronged approach person for the rest of my life i've always done that i've I've been a lawyer but i've always started something else i get uh, so uh, tired of doing one thing but one thing that is key with regards to development is that as much as you are looking at the site, you have to understand your funding model that you are going to utilize, which is the kind of investment that you need to have. But key to more, more than anything else is what you are mentioning, your resources, internally and externally. So uh, we've got a highly technical culture within the business. Even though I'm a lawyer, uh, my COO is an engineer, and most of the team members you're, from your development team to any other teams, we've got architects, we've got um, your quantity surveyors, and also on the outside, you've got to have the right uh, complementing skills because, uh, for instance, you've got a project which is now being funded uh, uh, in, in New York uh, by Trinity, and they've requested an entity that is internationally recognized sure. uh, within that space. So you have to work with uh, entities who are based in South Africa but have done projects um, out of the country or even in New York. So we always have to keep ourselves up to date with regards to the kind of resources that we have and as well as also interact with the industry from a research perspective uh, to keep up to date with trends and, and, and so forth and, and margins within the sector, especially during now uh, COVID-19. Uh, a person could ask me, how did you survive when you could not go to site? I mm. mean, it's that annuity income I spoke about, things yeah. that we can do in the office uh, that do not require us to go to site and still um, uh, sweat some income out of that, not necessarily having so from an asset management perspective so we can do that work and, and, and continue uh, uh, and so forth. So side funding and resources are very critical in property development, whereas also 
uh, in the same vein, you have to manage your time, as, as you are saying, know your cycles mm-hmm. and the cost of that development are going to be a challenge to you. And as well as also from a resource point of view, when you get to site now, you have to ra- have the right contractors. Uh, and, and this is very interesting because as a black-owned company, you have to always find um, uh, capable entities who have the resources because it's not good for you to be utilizing an entity that is unable to afford to start a project on its own. Uh, and, 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 and that has been some of the lessons that we've learned in the past where you would just uh, utilize um, anyone that you trust uh, and know from the past and only to find out the challenge would be a person would depend on your payment uh, for them to continue with the project. So we tend to partner with those that know and have the financial muscle uh, to do the construction work because that makes our life easy. Phew. Kolisa, <laughs> I am uh, fascinated, but I'm also just, uh, you know, in awe. I mean, there's a lot going on here. This is such a complex industry and there's so much that you need to do to get it yes. all together. But thank you so much for your time this evening. Thanks for sharing and letting us know what this industry encompasses, uh, what what it is that needs to be done and the tough work that goes into it. So the next time you, you know, you drive past a mixed use facility and they're all, you know, they're all over, they're popping up all over the place. Yes. The next time you drive past, think about, you know, all the work and all the different areas that need to be pulled together in order to make this happen. Um, and, and, you know, just enjoy the site. Remember that. Tolisa, thank you so much for your time this evening. Tolisa Daku, founder and CEO of the Daku Group. It's a property management company. It's uh, 22 9. Up next, we've got Shoma Josie. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.